Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. There's no no judgment, Laura. Sure, if it was, or could it be considered a number? It would be like three quarters of a number. You know, we were very sloppy at university. I was. I think I know my number. Mm, Tell me. 12? Oh my God, I don't want to say mine now. Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like, apparently, which is something that I read, and don't quote me, I'm not an NHS nurse, but apparently, semen, sperm, makes you live longer, as in, to eat it. Well, I'm dying tomorrow then. <laughs> I'm going to live until the ripe old age of 42. Okay. Because, I mean, so, I mean okay, look. Don't quote me on this. They did say, I was reading this article and it said, I I think, oh yeah, that's what, okay, this is how we got onto onto the article. So I have given obviously the photographer a blowjob multiple times and I've swallowed. Do you swallow? Yeah, I do. I know that's a really personal question, you know, I do. but fuck it, it's not bites. <laughs> you do, you have a wee swallow. Okay. Yeah, I have a wee swallow and, bo- and both times, well, I've done it a few times, but like I noticed that when I was doing it at night, I'd wake up in the middle in the morning with like the driest throat and I would like cough and I literally need like water. It was literally my mouth was so dry and there was nothing I could do. To, and I was like, it's happened twice. And when I was at his, whenever it was last, I was like, I'm on a swallow strike because I think that this is the problem. And oh we, my God, a swallow strike. A I've swallow never strike. heard. I've been on a lifelong swallow, swallow strike. strike. And then I Googled it, so I was like, it's gotta be this. Like, it can't not be. It's, it's like, and it basically is. So, uh, sperm has, is really salty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it will dry out your mouth and your throat. Anyway, there were all these facts about sperm, and one of them was um, sperm. Uh, they're saying that studies have been that it, it will help you live longer. I don't know how, don't get me, I don't know how, um, but they did some study on rats. I know that it's not obviously human, so don't like, quote me on it, but I just thought that was really funny. For our lovely listeners who don't want to swallow cum, go and grab yourself a barocca and it'll do the same thing. 
exactly. If you're on a swallow strike like me and you want to live longer, just go get a brook. Go and get a vitamin C <laughs> and you'll be grand. Fiona, other things that we don't talk about. We've been <coughs> really me. touching upon things recently. They're a little bit more emotive mm. after your wee weeping sesh oh God, a couple of weeks ago, which was I'm like, very I'm, touching. I'm very on the edge to do it again. You know what we don't talk about sometimes? How you can be happily in a relationship and have moved on, but you sometimes <gasps> hold a flame for someone else. Not that you want to be with them. Not that you want to leave your partner and run off and abscond. But sometimes you think about them, you hold a flame and you think, what if? Just putting it out there. Yeah, I. It's facts. I have that exact thing and this is actually something that i messaged you about that two days that's ago. what got me yeah. thinking about it you mentioned an ex and you said you've been crying over him and i was like where the fuck did that come from we haven't I talked did. about this guy in such so, a long time and you you yeah, kind of i you blindsided me with that but i'd be I interested like myself. i want to hear what what happened and so, what was going well i think this is i mean obviously like a lot of people go through this this is so like relatable and Basically, I think that the reason why... So this is my ex, not the most recent ex I had, um, which was a lovely relationship. It was the one before that was pretty toxic. Um, I was quite young, but like, we weren't together that long, but it was so intense for me and I'd never felt like that before. That's basically what happened. And we broke up quite badly and like it, the breakup went on for like a good year and then he got into a relationship with someone else and I basically was like so heartbroken it was like I've never been to the hell like I had been with him anyway I think the reason why he's been on my mind recently because the photographer has the same name as him so obviously for the for the like podcast obviously I don't say his name and I actually don't say his name in real life because it's the same as my ex and it's quite a common name and even a client of mine has the same name but when I say my client's name I don't think about my ex because I've like it's just a different it's in a different like connotation but when I say the photographer's name even to his face it's like I know this sounds dramatic but it's honestly like taking a bullet and I don't want to I hate it doesn't sound dramatic in the slightest Fiona I can actually feel that in my heart for you yeah and I hate and like so many of my friends I was talking to my friends about it and they were like oh when like my friend um my friend Sophie was saying to me when she's on apps and she sees her ex's name like with this some guy she swipes right past it and I do the same like and I have done like over the years obviously like I thought I was over it and I am over it but I just like matched with this guy that had the same name and he was he's the first guy that I've matched with that's got the same name because usually I swipe right past him and this is like the most common name ever so um so I've been obviously thinking about him a lot more and he's been on my mind and then I went for drinks on Thursday night with two of my friends and I don't know what and they were two of my friends that we were living together whilst the whole thing was going on and I don't know how we got onto the subject but I think that like my one of the girls said to me um, which really like uh, it upset me so much that I started crying in the middle of like radio rooftop in London with all these like glamazons everywhere. And I was like crying. She said that her and Joe, who I used to live with, they didn't realize at the time how deeply I felt because for them from the outside, they just thought, oh, it wasn't that long, like probably like just under a year, almost a year, not that long. Like, and also like, there was, we kind of had like that deeper relationship because 
he never said I love you like and I think that's how they saw her. and I can get that as well like we weren't living together there wasn't anything like quote unquote major but they didn't realize until much later how you felt how I felt and that really got to me because you know sometimes when you're really upset and you're not getting the sympathy you want from the friends you just want them to understand and then now four years down the line or whatever it is, they they understand. And obviously they've gone through their own things as well. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it upset me because I can't believe after all this time, I'm still upset about it. Oh, Fiona, love. Honestly, I just want to give you a hug Aww. and tell you that it's totally normal. I know. And funny, when you... When you mentioned that to me and it got me to thinking, because obviously we had a couple of conversations back in Dubai, you know, a year, well, at least two years ago. And, you know, you went through another kind of bit of a, um, an incident with him where you thought you were going to go back, yeah. right? Um, he joked me I, around I, gen- I, I genuinely didn't even think to ever mention him to you again. I thought out of sight, out of mind. But I've definitely evaluated my own, you know, exes and I can honestly say that I held a torch for somebody for an obscenely long amount of time and I was in relationships and I was quote unquote happy and yet I still held a torch Mm. for someone who like the one that got away so to speak yeah and it's like that thing where you don't want to admit that you um you don't want to admit that you want a boyfriend. You don't want to admit that you're unhappy single. It felt really uncomfortable for me. And I don't think I told any of my friends, and they're probably listening to this now going, who is the person that you held the flame for? Like, what the fuck? But I did. I held a flame for somebody for so long. And it, it it definitely impacted me along the way and I just couldn't let that person go. So what you're saying to me is completely on point mm. because I think a lot of us, if we're to be honest with ourselves, have looked back and wished we had have not broken up with that person or wished that we hadn't done that thing that resulted in our relationship ending or we just really missed that person who broke up with us. Um. And I think out of sight, out of mind is a big point. Like those girls, um, your friends, they had no idea that you felt that way mm-hmm. because you weren't like you weren't pouring it out of your mouth every two minutes. And people just think that when you look OK on the surface, then everything's fine as, as and as it should be. But quite often we allow our minds to bring us back to the past to, you know, put on our rose tinted glasses and look back at our ex relationships and think how amazing they were when quite often they weren't and we allow ourselves to fantasize about what could have been Mm -hmm. and that's really quite dangerous and I find that that's the most destructive waste of our energy but yet it's just where our mind naturally goes sometimes yeah Um, oh I I just agree with you so much and and I I know the reason why the girls didn't it's almost like they didn't believe me when I was as upset as I was because I think they looked at the relationship that we had and saw how badly he treated me realistically. It was pretty bad. And they couldn't fathom why I was so upset about it. Because that's another thing. When you're a friend, and I've been that person as well, and it's just like I urge all your friends, if your friend is saying they're upset about a relationship, don't assume that you know everything. Because I think how they've probably felt was... 
I've been treated really badly. I should have known that. And I should have been like, well, you treated me badly. You can go fuck yourself. I'm going to be the stronger person. And that's realistically how I should have been. But I didn't. I kept going back to him. I kept sleeping with him. I kept hurting myself. I hurt myself so much. Mm. And unfortunately, and this is the thing, I do think about him still. And I don't I don't tell anyone because it's mm-hmm. just me alone in bed. I thought about him and I I did I was I am over it. I don't want like I don't want to go back to it. But when I got into my relationship that ended how long ago it was, like just after the like June 2020, all the way through that relationship I probably thought about my ex. And I still think about him and I still and he's with someone else. He's been with someone else for for two, three, almost mm. three years now. And I know that and I'm what, like, that's that's cool with it. And I saw him before I left Dubai and I genuinely felt, I thought I felt nothing. And I was talking to my friend, um, Sophie, cause she came in, oh, that was it. Cause we'd seen each other to say goodbye when I left Dubai. And Sophie was like, I'm oh gonna God, come. I don't know why. Why are you crying? I don't know, <laughs> you know what the fuck, we can't keep doing this. I just thought that was so, You've never admitted that you just keep no. thinking about him and I've fucking been there and it's to even say the words that you thought about your ex when you were with your most recent ex and you continue to think about him like it's fucking heartbreaking it and heartbreaking. I, I just want to be able I think so that's, I, just, I don't want to think about him I don't, you don't want, want to, to think I don't about want him to. and it's not it's not a nice feeling at all no. especially when they're with somebody else Stop it or you're going to make I'm cry. <laughs> again <laughs> fucking hell this is going to be it like is, it's, it is heartbreaking and, it, it, and also I think that also heartbreak it leaves a mark and it leaves a it will never it will never go and I don't also I don't think I will ever be heartbroken like I was I think that oh no. this is a really bold statement but I think in life you're probably only going to get one serious heartbreak you'll probably have like a couple of heartbreaks on the way but one that leaves its mark and this unfortunately yeah. happened early on in my tw- like I was only like 20 I was 26 when we met and this has continued. And he also doesn't have a fucking clue. He doesn't clue. I don't have a clue. And that's the clue. thing. This guy that I held the flame for, genuinely, I don't think he even remembers my name. Like, no. I'm pretty sure that he does not even <clears throat> remember anything about our relationship. And I think the reason why I held the flame for so long was because I essentially ended the relationship. Mm. And I regretted that profusely, painfully. <coughs> and over the years, I was too young. I was way too young. I was like in my early 20s and stuff. And I wasn't equipped to be in this long-term relationship with somebody that wanted all those things. If I met the man now, I would fucking fall at his feet and marry him. It took me to meet somebody like my current boyfriend. Because my ex, there was quite a, um, a toxic... Uh, no. I want to talk about my ex in a minute, actually, because I was thinking about something and I really want to get something off my chest. But it took me to be in a really healthy relationship that I am now to actually not think about him and to not even fantasize about what could have been. But then when you say things like you've been thinking about your ex and you don't want to admit that, like I feel that. Mm. And the reason that I'm crying is probably because you said the words that I was not able to say if that makes sense but anyways Fiona I think you're thinking about him because there's a void in your heart like there's a void 
in your life that you you want those things and fucking hell this is not meant to be a depression session and I'm really sorry <laughs> but um I think what we're talking about people listening will have absolutely felt themselves yeah. and we always love to hear from you you know where to find us if you want to like shoot the breeze with us about exes and heartbreak because mm. heartbreak is single handedly the most devastating catastrophic blow to the soul that actually you're in mm. it, it, it wreaks physical pain on your body and mind not just for the three months that people say takes to get over a relationship for years and years yeah. and years and it has effects and it and it percolates down into your relationships even the seemingly happy and healthy ones anyways with my ex I just want to get something off my chest okay because I've been thinking about it and I am probably a bit emotional at the minute I'm hormonal I have a lot of like st- personal oh my god why the fuck see if I start keep crying Fiona like I just need to have a word with myself this is not a therapy session for me to get things off my chest (laughs) but I'm probably just feeling a bit overwhelmed at the minute with different things at work and fucking PR life and all these things right and blah 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 I could go on but we're not and I was driving along yesterday and I just thought of my ex and I just thought of him like being so fucking cute and like I'm laughing at he used to like always have these favorite comedians and he used to just laugh like a kid and he'd be like it's not hilarious and I'd be like uh yeah sure but I didn't really ever find it funny and I remember just looking at him like he was a little boy and I felt like such a rush of like warmth and love and like light to him I know that sounds really corny when people say I want to send you love and light and I'm like fuck off but I genuinely felt an overwhelming rush of love to to him and I feel like on this podcast I at times portray our relationship in a toxic light it wasn't toxic elements of it became toxic in the end and trust me we were both key players in that I I played my part and so did he and our relationship yes unfortunately did break down and I I needed to make the decision for myself to leave but I felt like was I doing him a real disservice by betraying our relationship and potentially him in a bad light and actually he was such a fucking good guy like he was such a good guy I just felt like he was so like damaged by different things that like he acted in a certain way and I feel like I've been on this podcast and maybe portraying him in a way that is so undeserved oh my god what the fuck is wrong with me do you know though with exes especially when the ending isn't great I'm the same I have to check myself when I talk about my ex Alex the most recent ex because I say things about him and I, I catch myself saying things about him and like you know but actually for the, mo- for the most part, for 99% of it, it was an amazing, lovely relationship. And I think we all have to, just because someone's an ex doesn't mean that you can't have, that it wasn't a good relationship. And that's the thing, relationships are so complex, but people are so complex. Oh my God, don't cry. I know, I know I'm like literally <laughs> on my period. We are. But I'm absolutely it. fine. I'm just like overwhelmed no. and stuff. And that yesterday in the car, like I started crying and I was like, I've probably like lambasted him and I don't mean to. And then I felt like when you reflect on your your relationships, you're like, I was a massive fucking dick as well. And I probably like, oh my God, I maybe just need to go and like have a nap. 
You need to just go and have a good old cry. <laughs> oh, Laura. But you know what? Preferably I'm... not on the podcast. Again, I had no intention to do this. Do you know, though, what's, what I find really interesting about exes is that you're saying this about an ex, that your your relationship in the end, there were a multitude of reasons why you ended, but you did have this amazing relationship for a very long time. And I, I'm the same with my most recent ex. And I, I say actually a lot of horrible things about him. Um, and... I don't say much of the good, but the one that really was the most toxic and he was really fucking awful to me. I don't talk about it. I just say how much I miss him. I don't, and how like that is, that is crazy to me that I can sit here and say, oh, I'm, I think about him all the time. I think about, you know, and I'm like probably only thinking about, I don't even know what the fuck I'm thinking about. Am I thinking about the only the good stuff? And it's like, why am I the, the one person that hurt me the most? I'm, I am saying how much I think about him. Whereas the person that didn't hurt me at all, I say awful, awful things about him. I know. What and I think that, that that's, that's Fiona it's exactly for those reasons that I just yesterday just felt like such a massive bitch um and then I just kind of looked at all those things and the things that I complained about and Mm. essentially did contribute to our relationship ending I feel like they I now see that they came from such a place of pain for him Mm. and things that I could never even try to understand and that's the thing Fiona I didn't try to understand I just looked at it from my point of view I wanted things to be right I wanted things to be working my way like for the health of our relationship and I probably didn't actually sit down and try to explore with him where these things are coming from anyways yeah. that's besides the point I've went completely off kilter yeah. with that I mean no I, I think it's good to you've got to let it out and I think that pe- so many people like they, re- they do relate to this kind of thing. Like, I know with my ex, I'm, I, I, I think about him. I'm so angry at him as well because... And actually, this was something that my friend said to me. She said it a while ago, actually. She was like... And this was actually whilst we were, we were breaking up. And I think I was like getting with someone else. And I was obviously feeling super insecure. And th- those insecurities have continued with me. And they came from him into feeling anxious about whether someone's going to leave me, whether they're going to love me enough. That all came from probably him, like from other stuff yeah. too. And she said, I hate him so much because he basically took all that away from you. He took away your security. He took away your confidence. And I've still not got it back. Even with yeah. like stuff with the photographer this week, I've been like a bit of, I can feel myself self-sabotaging self-sabotaging a little bit because I'm not fully 100% secure um I don't need to be but I just I'm not a bit like oh am I a bit over it now like shall I I'm just like am I bored like maybe I'm a bit bored and it's probably because I'm self-sabotaging because I don't want to get hurt so I'm like I'm gonna jump I will 100% yeah I want to be the one that jumps first he can't but I'm like there's no jumping to be had. I'm leaving the country. But still, I'm, I still am self-sabotaging. You've got those little procedures in place yeah. just to ensure that you're... Because I don't want to ever go through that again. Self-esteem and self-confidence yeah. remains intact. And when I met my boyfriend, I mean, this is going really fucking deep, but... I love it. When I kind of thought about the relationship that I wanted, I kind of manifested, you know, a person. It was things like, I don't want my ex was... A very high-powered man and as a result sorry I've got a really runny nose I'm just wiping my nose with my dressing gown so um he was a you know a very successful intelligent super high-powered man and as a result 
you know, moods could have been fluctuating in the house and lots of ups and downs and a lot of stressful, high octane moods. And I would be a very, very empathetic person. So I take somebody's mood and I absorb it. I can't be somebody that's like, fuck it, you're in a bad mood. I'm living my best life. Fuck you, bitch. I would be there. Are you okay? What can I do? What can I do? And at times people of that elk need to be left alone. So when I was kind of manifesting my next, my perfect relationship, it was to be with somebody that didn't control the emotional climate of our home, that didn't control the emotional climate of our relationship, Mm -hmm. that was like me. I know I'm on the podcast, podcast now, crying my eyes, podcast, (laughs) podcast, crying my eyes out. But for the most part, my mood is, is quite level. I never get in a bad mood with people. I don't, I would try my very best not to snap. I try to maintain a level. And with my boyfriend now, he's the exact same way. With a month, a year and a half in, and we've never had that sour mood. The walking on eggshells is the mm. fucking worst way to live your life. And when we first started dating, um, I remember listening to a podcast and it was like the questions that you should really be asking your partner when you first start dating them to kind of establish is this person for you? And instead of being so blinded by lust and desire and the first um, stages of relationship butterflies to actually sit down and ask questions. Now, if you go onto the internet, you can you can find list upon list mm. upon list of questions that you sit down and ask your partner in the early stages. There's a lot of these you could even like shoot out in a first date. I personally think you need to ascertain whether or not that you see you know, this going anywhere. And then you can sit down with the sofa with a bottle of wine and be like, right, here's our list. So Fiona and I have pulled up two lists. One of them are questions that you should ask in the realms of the bedroom. And another list pertains to questions that you should ask for the general outlook of your relationship. Non, well, some sexual, but mostly about kind of life. So We've got these lists and there are some fantastic questions in here that I highly recommend that you sit down with your partner, your boyfriend or your boyfriend to be and in order to establish if it's got legs and ask a few of these questions. Fiona, have you had a chance to look at the list? Yeah, I have. Tell me, what did you think? So I'm on the one that's the questions to ask before you get into a serious relationship. And okay, so I, obviously we're going to link these yeah. as always in the show notes because they are excellent. And before um, we continue, I feel like I've hogged this by my weeping and everything yeah. else. But uh, we're never. mentioning that these are great things to talk about at the start of a relationship. These are things that you could continuously talk to your partner about. You could be together for a year and 10 years and there's nothing to stop you from sitting down and reassessing because people change just as much as the relationships that they're in. People's values not really change, but kind of their outlooks change, their opinions change, their interests change. Um, these are things that you should be able to sit down with your partner at any stage and just have a chat about because sometimes we don't dive into these questions and we ought to. We're so busy living life on the surface that we never actually reassess what's underneath. So Faye, tell me what questions in the 42 questions to ask before a serious relationship. What jump out at you so i really liked the one that's what did you like slash dislike about how your parents related to each other yes fiona i i thought that was so interesting because i think that a lot of our how we process emotions comes from our parents 
Yeah. Um, like, for example, my parents are still together. They've been together 40 years. But do they fucking argue? Absolutely they argue. But they always... What my dad and my mum have always said is they argue like you wouldn't believe because they're very different people. But at the end of the day, they're a team. And they and like, yeah, they'll argue, but they are a unit. They are a team. And when things when they have to decide something, they are what like they're one. They're one team. And that's for me is like how I've grown up. Like it's okay to argue, it's okay to let it out. But at the end of the day, you say sorry and you're one you're you're a team. I also and the, the parents thing sorry, go ahead, Fiona. No, no, carry on. The parents thing I think is so telling. We've all learned things from our parents. We've all learned things that we wish to emulate, but we've also learned things that we never ever want to recreate. Yeah. Because um, our parents have been I raised think... completely differently in a different, completely different generation. I know that you know my dad, for example, he grew up in a very like quite stiff, um, unemotional family, and a lot of that I can see in him as well. He's very he he doesn't. He's he's an a really he's an emotional person, but like when he gets angry, he doesn't know how to like process it in a way. And mm-hmm. when we get angry, he got he's like, "What are you doing?" But my mom is a completely different kettle of fish. She was like a super emotional family. Everyone's like talking about their emotions all the time. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how they were raised and then how they're raising us. Absolutely. Which comes to the next one, which is what did you like slash dislike about how your parents raised you. Great question. Those are my two that I was like, I will, and now I'm going to ask those questions, especially I find, um, I mean, your parents are divorced, but I, because my parents are together. So when someone that I'm with say it says that their parents are divorced, I need to, I want, I always like to understand how they process that because I can't relate to it. I don't know what it's like. I've got friends yeah. that their parents are divorced, but I've not been through it. So I can't empathize I can sympathize. and if I somebody empathize. asked me that question like if my boyfriend <laughs> asked me that question in the beginning that would be a question that without that within five minutes I'd be crying at because yeah. even though my parents are divorced my parents divorced when I was 18 years old when That's I knew what was going on when I knew details that really fucking impacted me for the rest of my life um such a good question I think if he asked me that I'd be crying my eyes out and he'd be like get the fuck out of my house <laughs> I can't deal with you absolute psycho a couple of questions for me Fiona yeah what well, I've said this before and um, it's really really important to ascertain your deal breakers yeah I don't know what, what is it for you what is it for you that would that, that would cause you to step back and, and end the relationship and this this differs from person to, for, to person um previously I had always said that you know with the likes of cheating and stuff you know you really need to assess the circumstances and all these things and I still stand by that you cheating isn't off cheating is often caused by various things but I'm not trying to justify cheating but at times there's a there's a whole other bigger picture in the background that I've also been privy to however having experienced us a relationship where it wasn't cheating but it was a breakdown of trust I know that moving forward I will never allow myself to be in a relationship again where that trust breaks down to that point because it completely changed me as a person I became the person that was checking phones I became the person that was super paranoid and I 
at the beginning was such a carefree person that was like, go and do your thing. Jesus, don't even think about calling me. Fuck, you're out with your friends, you crazy bastard. Go and have a ball to where are you? Who are you with? Let me see your phone. And I know for me that completely transform, transformed me into somebody that I fucking detested. He detested it because I went from carefree to like vile wench. And I know for me that that is a deal breaker. If there's a such a breakdown of trust that I no longer can be the person that I am for me that's when I have to walk away for my own not self-respect but to maintain the own sanctity of who I am and that's something that for me is is a deal breaker for guys it could be um you know you need to ascertain is it cheating a one night stand is it an emotional affair because at times that's more detrimental Mm. is it kissing is it sex like what is it you need to be very clear and don't get me wrong there's deal breakers that are extend far past cheating there's so many variables i think we need to caveat though that a deal breaker is different from a red flag yes of course because i think a red flag is easily ignored absolutely you know actually just Touching just quickly on red flags. A friend, our friend Ruby sent me this meme um, about red flags. And I was like, you know what my problem is? I was like, I see the red flag, but I just don't want to believe it. I've, oh God, 100%. And I don't want, I, and, and I don't, I just don't want to believe that it's there. So I just ignore it. It's like, I don't want to believe that my period's ended. As in, I, as in like, my, I know my period hasn't ended, but I won't wear a pad or a tampon because I just don't want to believe <laughs> And it's going to come back. And then you go to Gaia and, and then, all over like, the yeah, white linen sofa in your white jumpsuit. We, women love denial. Yeah, <laughs> we love absolutely. it. I love being in denial. I'm in denial right now. Well, I think we both are, love. Another question, Fiona, that yeah. I thought was great was what makes you feel most loved? And I think this, uh, again, like pertains well. to... <laughs> love languages um that um our lovely friend lisa just adores you know the five love languages relating to the likes of touch and words of affirmation and acts of service and such what is it that makes somebody feel truly cherished and cared for because if you're operating on your love language and you you know think that putting the bins out yet that person needs to be told how amazing they are touched or hugged you really need to be aligned on those things. But listen, this list is absolutely brilliant. Um, I highly recommend if you're dating somebody in the, in the early stages or indeed if you just want something to sit down with your current partner with and just kind of realign. And that's all that is. You know, we've got jobs where we have to align with our clients on a quarterly basis. We need to sit down at the end of the year and have a debrief of how the whole year has gone. You really should be doing the same with your relationships. Your relationships deserve an MOT and they don't have to be sitting down in a very methodical manner, like with a fucking pie chart. It can be like in the kitchen, put the tunes on, buy a nice bottle of wine, order a takeaway and just like have a chat about how things have gone over the year. And I think that's so fundamental to the long-term health of your relationship and again talking about things outside of the anger and the frustration because when you're angry and you're frustrated you're like you fucking did this you don't do that whereas you sit down and you're both in a good mood you you can talk about those things in a in a much more productive manner and then there are 70 questions again we're going to link them as always and these relate to um more kind of 
kinky bedroom questions which to be honest in the beginning are quite embarrassing especially if you haven't slept with each other yet but the usual thing like you know what's your fantasy do you watch porn are you into anal are you into threesomes i'm just kind of kind of picking things out here this is a good one this is a good one sex what sex with lights on or lights off what a question because actually i I noticed this. I this was something that I noticed. When was this? A couple of weekends ago, um, the photographer and I, when we have slept together at his house, he's got this like little light, and it it, it makes the room. It do, it doesn't make the room light. It's like a bit dark and whatever. In my room, my bedroom light was off, but I had my lamp on, and it does make the room quite light. And he turned it off. But there was okay. still light from the corridor and I thought that was really weird because whenever I've had sex with a barber, we've had sex with the lights fully on. And I just, I, I don't I don't care. I'm like happy either way. I don't like it fully off. But I was interested because I... A bit of ambient I, lighting But that's nice. the thing. I always thought that for, it was girls that would prefer the lights off because we're just more conscious of our bodies. Mm-hmm. But interesting. That's a really good... Th- Do you know what? That's a really that's fair point, I, actually. That's why I was, a bit, I was a bit taken aback. Not that it was... I yeah. didn't really care, but like I was taken aback that you turned the light off because I was like, oh, like it is interesting because... You typically... It's you typically, the woman. It's the woman because you'd want to... Especially if you're not feeling like 100% yourself, you're like... Yeah, the thought of like having sex yeah. in the, like the, the daylight with like all mm. the lights on and I'm like just feeling so paranoid. A nice little bit of ambient lighting. Yeah, like, I definitely let myself go. To soften the, the, to soften soften the, the curve, blow. so to speak. Yeah, I, I definitely let, let myself go as in like let my freak flag fly a bit more when the lights have been off because... Freak, freak flag fly, love yeah. that. Um, what other questions did I think were great? When was the last time you had a dirty dream? Fuck me, these really go into it. Last night. I think the <laughs> I think the porn thing is in question uh, is an important question to ask because yeah. the reality is the majority. Well, I would say the majority, if not all, men watch porn. All men masturbate, and it's important to kind of just get those questions and conversations out in the get-go I think it's quite unhealthy to kind of allude to the fact that you don't do those things and never talk about it um and to kind of normalize those conversations from the beginning because let's be honest all men watch porn and all men masturbate so just ask it and Mm. to kind of like I think what could be said is do you do those things and also what kind of porn do you watch yeah, because I um, once and this is okay. So this is talking about my ex, ex, the one that we just cried all over. Um, I because I had absolutely no trust in him whatsoever. Um, I was going through his laptop as you do when he'd gone to work and I was still at home, and I found his porn stash. Okay, because of course in Dubai you can't watch. There's you like RedTube and YouPorn and whatever are blocked. But I've I've heard that a lot of people use Reddit. But anyway, he had a porn stash, and they were, it was all like, <coughs> oh my god, I feel really bad. <laughs> I hope he doesn't ever hear this. Um, it was all like blonde milf, big boobs things, and I was like, oh my god, is this what he's into? But then I'm like, I think a I lot of men. Talk, but then I think I also think that some something like that when you find a, I think when you find a man's porn stash on his laptop, if you are that person that goes through your laptop, no judgment, I've done it. I think it also could be friends that just send it around and it's just porn. It's not like all, also that they I love. think with porn, it's like very important not to read too much into yeah. it because I mean, it, fucking hell, you some, know if, if you I... think of like the porn that you watch, like do you go around like 
fantasizing about lesbians no. on a daily basis no but it's like your yeah. little outlet of course um and you know what i'm with you know my boyfriend now for yeah like a year and a half and i still actually have never asked him the question what porn does he watch it's something that i'm still like that's your thing and i don't need to know but also bear in mind that when you ask these questions you do run the risk of potentially learning things that yeah, are that going to learn. leave you feeling like oh a little bit sick and a friend of mine um she was telling me a story recently and she in the early stages of her relationship with her ex asked the porn question or maybe he volunteered the information I, I can't I can't quite remember she alluded to the fact that she was kind of like up for anything she meant as in trying things as a couple and having open conversations and things like that he took that as license to kind of offload his pornographic preferences on her and it left her feeling sick to the stomach and it was basically and she never recovered from this in the in in the relationship and even now when she talked about it and that was like three years four years later I could actually see the revulsion in her face yet she stayed in the relationship with him for at least a year or two and it was basically um a man really degrading a woman but like things like throwing like rubbish on her like emptying a dustbin on her head like d- doing things that were just <laughs> sorry so well, it's not funny Fiona it's not funny but it's like sorry I'm like, you know when something's really awful you just laugh because I'm just thinking of like in a co- like in a comical way this poor woman having like banana skins like but also like I know there's no like we always say we're not kink shaming anyone but like I just can't fathom as like, she like, was getting how that she turns was having like a three day old fucking shepherd's pie thrust over her head <laughs> and she Sorry, and my so friend funny. was like what the fuck and he was like oh no, no no I'm just showing you this is a joke this is just a joke like obviously I'm not into this but she was like he was into that and I could see in his the, uh, his eyes he shifted as she, I think she actually started crying and she was like this is really fucking weird and mm. then he was like no 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 it's a joke so let's be honest you have to be cognizant mm. of the fact that you will understand you will understand things about your partner that potentially you're freaked out by for example um recently I asked my boyfriend how many people he slept with and I was fucking shocked. I thought my boyfriend was like, had a couple of girlfriends because he's such a lovely fucking dude and so like calm and he's not like a fuck boy. He's never been like a, you know, ladies man or whatever. I thought he'd have a couple of wee girlfriends. He was a fucking hoe back in the day. He was a rugby boy. So what the hell did I expect? And he told me the number and I was like, what? I'm here for that. I'd rather they have slept with a million girls. I'm, I, I, t- I, t- I think it's hot. Like, honestly, I, like, because I've had the other end of the spectrum where I asked my ex, not my most recent ex, the ex before, what, what are we going to call, Let, what, I think he needs a name because it's like... Dick. Because his, his name kind of is like Dick in the sense that it's very common and it's very English. Yeah, even though he's not English, but yeah. Okay. We can call him, anyway, the Dick. No, yeah. I feel bad calling him the Dick. What can we call him? Why don't we call him Tim. <laughs> which is very similar very to his similar actual to his name, actual name. Um, <laughs> tim nice but dim yes tim nice but dim that's quite good yeah so um i asked him 
how many and it was like the other end of the spectrum i was like the third girl he'd ever slept with okay and i basically told him everything he knew so of course you did his new girlfriend but a fucking romeo thank you god so because he he was like i don't want to tell you and i was like just fucking tell me how bad can it be and then he was like are you okay with that i was like of course i'm fucking okay ask you a question and i think for about three days after i was like well, did your other fucking 50 girls do that? And he was like, oh my God, that's why I didn't yeah. fucking tell you. And do you I was know like, your number? Um, I w- okay. Are I'd you comfortable say saying it? Because I'll say mine. I've got a list. I am going to say it, but I, I think I probably, up. especially at my university <laughs> years, there's quite a few. That no no judgment, Laura. sure if it was, or could it be considered a number? Or it would be like three quarters of a number. You know, we were very sloppy at university. I was... I think I know my number. Mm, tell me. 12. Oh my God, I don't want to say mine now. <laughs> Just say it. And then, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, forgive me, Father. <laughs> so I've got a list, right? And my friend who I used to live with has looked at this and she was like, you're missing shit loads of people, but I can't remember. She was like, there was a time period I was sleeping with a different guy every single week. So currently my list from what I can remember and I've added obviously to it is 59. Mm-hmm. I mean, round it up to 60, Fiona. Let's but get I a think nice round The number. thing is, I was on 42 mm-hmm. when I went out with Tim Nice But Dim. Okay. And that was what four years ago now. That was tw- I was twenty six. Yeah, four years ago. So, and I one hundred percent. It has been more than what I'm. What the amount of men, but at the same time, I can't remember <laughs> all of them. But the ones that and I let's can, be honest, we get drunk 16. and do stupid things, and we don't actually remember if it even happened. That is like let's not normalize that, but it actually does happen. I see. I'm not also one of these people, people can't black out. judge you, Fiona. You are you. Yeah, you have been single for an extended period of time, many extended periods of time. You're in your thirties. The people that will judge you are the people that have stayed in the same relationship for like 10 years. Also, so they don't it. have to judge me. live the life of being single and being out there. But, and, you know, though, you know, I look at this dick. list, right? And a lot of them, um, not many of them have been, well, no. I mean, not a huge amount have been one night stands where I've met the guy on a night and, and take them home. A lot of them have been when I've gone on first dates and got carried away. Yeah, And actually quite fine. a lot of them have been like, first or second dates where I've like and then I've not because also like we know this I've said it before I'm I'm so I don't I don't I rarely get to like even the third date so that's why the number is probably more because I probably slept with them and then they ghost and actually a friend so my um uh, I saw my friend Joe and her boyfriend on Thursday and uh Dom he's a really good friend of mine as well and he we were talking about it and he said to me you, you don't have a problem with leads. Like, you get the lead, but your problem is the after bit. And it is true. Like, I know how to get a guy. I'm not bad to look at. I can get a guy easy. It's the after bit that I struggle with. So there's something going on. I don't know what it is. And actually, just to, to finish, so I said I put this... Um, Instagram story up and you messaged me about it, basically, because I'm moving back to Dubai end of September. And I 
after we put that thing up about that mingle event, a lot of girls messaged and basically said that, and actually quite a few people messaged on my personal account as well, saying um, how they had either been to it or like they're really struggling in Dubai and like dating was really shit, whatnot. And um, so I basically was like, right, I'm going to make it my mission to number one, find out what the fucking problem is in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And number two, find out places that we can go to meet people that isn't on an app basically because I think that the problem is like what I said on the Instagram was that people in Dubai get disheartened because they go on the apps they have a really shit time they're like oh my god these are the only men in Dubai and I just don't believe that's the case equally I want to know what the fucking problem is because also I am someone that I know that I have got so many great qualities about me and I can get the guy, but then it's the after bit that's the problem. But I'm, there's got to be something going on because my story is the same as everyone else's story. 100%. I'm not, and I thought before we started this podcast that maybe it was just me and my friends because maybe we have like similar personalities or whatever. But it is, and I know this because obviously you meet people in like lose and things like that. But like the fact that so many women have messaged us from Dubai having the same issue. And they all are beautiful, gorgeous, have great jobs, have great friends, have great families. Like they all like have all this stuff going for them. There's a disconnect going on. And I don't I think know what it is. I think it's important to caveat as well, Fiona. It's not just Dubai. It's everywhere. It's everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, where. yeah. It is. I but... was speaking to a friend last night for nearly two hours on the phone. And she is back at home in uh, in northern ireland and she is having the same shit and actually she sent me and i'm going to finish with these before we go she sent me a couple of um messages that she's received so this one was are you a netflix series because i would stay up all night to make sure you finish which i actually thought was pretty oh, that's cute quite good. he puts her needs first yeah but then he came back the next day and was like oh lol that was my mate's how are you? It wasn't your mates, Peter. Oh. Just own it. You sent it. I actually thought that was pretty I funny. Know, it was funny, own that. But she did not appreciate that at all. And then this one. So he he wrote, JB wrote, tequila or wine? Question mark. She ignored. Smiley face a few days later. She ignored. And then two weeks later, imagine you meet, imagine you meet a guy and you have, and you have all that Sorry, I think he meant, sorry, let me start again. Imagine you meet a guy and you have that all elusive spark. So you begin dating. He then reveals he once had an, an encounter with another guy. Is this a deal breaker? Well, listen, JB, you need to fucking listen to Love Bites. And I'm telling you something. That was a good thing that you did right there and then. Because you need to ascertain the deal breakers. And if your girlfriend finds out a year into your relationship that you used to be banging your best friend called John... Where do you stand? Mm. So I don't personally think it was appropriate to message that before you'd even met the girl. Like, I'm just putting that out yeah, there. Yeah, or like, how that's the dealing... opening line, like... <laughs> exactly. After tequila or wine. I think... Uh, do you know what would be really good, Laura? Before we move on, yeah. or as in end the podcast, if your partner that you were deeply in love with revealed that back in the day he had a man's penis inside of him or his penis was in another man's arsehole... How would you deal with that? Would that be a deal breaker for you? Um, it depends how in love with him I am, I guess. And also, I think it depends on the relationship because I don't know. I'd worry that he would be, I, I would worry that he, uh, I know it's like you shouldn't, 
it's not it's not as black and white as this, but I would worry that he is gay or bisexual and I'm like, it's okay to be those things, but I would rather him rather than struggle, uh just maybe work on himself a little bit. And that's a hundred percent what I would have thought because I would constantly be worrying about, oh, does he fancy me or my brother? Does he have a yeah, thing for my dad? Would. But then that's that's actually really disrespectful to people who are bi because, of course, you just don't fancy every flipping person mm-hmm. who's of either or both sex. Like, it's a really ignorant approach. But actually, when I was dating somebody, I did have a feeling that potentially way back in the day, he might have but you know, um, meandered. One of, one of our and gay friends would have would say if I and I know what he would have said because he he said to me before I can't remember maybe I'll get him to say it again but he said to me before if a guy gets with another guy they're gay. So I re- repeat that. If a guy gets with another guy they're gay. I think he, I, I will, I'll check if he said this to me, because I'm pretty sure it was him. We were like walking to lunch or something and we were talking about it. And Is he, our friend fabulous? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And So he know, also, has he said something sorry. similar to you? Because I think that if I'd gone to him and said, my boyfriend said this thing that he had an encounter, he slept with another guy one time, I'm pretty sure our friend would be like, baby's gay. He also said something to me that stuck and it's, <laughs> He basically said there's only been like a few guys that he hasn't been able to coerce into like yeah something, you know, like some sort of sexual act or clinch. And he said that he believes that the majority of men have a little inclination to try it and it doesn't necessarily make them gay. So I would I would like to okay. ask our friend about clarification on this because okay. he's kind of said one thing to you and then another thing to me and I guess it's in the maybe it's in the nature that we we weren't I, I guess it was in the nature that me and him were talking about it maybe yeah. me and him were talking about it in the nature where he's maybe slept with guys who are um who are straight out and this like, is something we need to actually talk about open. at length because I think it's something that would it's very interesting reader reader fucking hell listener <laughs> um would learning that your partner has kind of been bisexual in the past or been with a man or a woman is that something that would be a daily breaker for you what are your daily breakers we would fucking mm. i would love to hear love this to because hear. If, daily breakers are so friggin' individual and they're so unique to, to the person what would be your daily breakers what would be an absolute no fucking go we will not proceed with this relationship you know what my deal breaker is <laughs> what I and I've 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 realised this and I'm just gonna say it and I don't care how it sounds, but I think my number one deal breaker is if and it doesn't matter how it pans out in life, I think my number one deal breaker would be that if the guy doesn't want to be the primary caretaker or the primary breadwinner. And that he, is and a it does very valuable. And point. actually it's not about him financially in the end it, it, we could be the same winning the same type of bread, but it's him wanting to be that yeah. one million percent i think mine would be if somebody's tight <clears throat> i really oh, yeah. could not can't do that do it and do it that actually shit. it would get it, even to think about it i cringe and it gives me the ick factor somebody that's like and i'm not saying like it's again it's not about finances but 
I spend a lot of money. I like to go to nice places and do nice things and I happily spend my own money. If somebody was there watching every single penny, that's that's absolutely not a way I could leave, um, live my life. And again, the first date thing, whenever um, men pay, to me, Sexy. that is just a sign of like things to come. And if somebody was there like wanting to split the bill with me, and I know the first bill paying is a really contentious issue and we'll have a lot of feminists writing in and being like, for fuck's sake, you're setting back the cause. It's 50-50. I get that. But for the first date, that is symbolic of how things will yeah. potentially progress in terms yeah. of chivalry <clears throat> and things like that. And you can be a feminist and still want chivalrous acts from your partner. Here's a question. Literally, this is, I pro- this is the last thing. So I've actually got to go. So We've said the last thing 20 well, million I know, times. But this, I, I'd be really interested, actually. And maybe this is something we can actually put on Instagram rather than talk about it. Is that um, I would be interested to know women's thoughts on what they do want the opening line of a dating app to be. And what has made them reply. Because I have had really good... I've had ones where they've said something. But in the, if they've said it in either a cheeky way that I'm like, okay, that's quite funny. I had a guy say once to me, who turned out to be an absolute crazy person, but it was quite a good opening line. And it was the perfect opening line for someone that's got a love language of words of affirmation. This was in Dubai and he goes to me, finally a natural beauty in Dubai. And I was like, mm, that's a good one. Love that. Okay. Well, that's very good. Let's put that on her. I don't like this. And I will obviously, we'll maybe put this on our Instagram. This is what I don't like. Hey Fiona, how are you? How's your day going? What do you do? Where are you from? And I'm just like, yeah, my day's fine. And then that's the end of the conversation. Like, I, know, it's hard, I, I need though. a, I need a joke. I need something. I need bounce. We'll, we'll put it on Instagram. All right, we better go because I've got to go get my train. So Sorry I'm going up for north. crying. I feel so much better. You know what? Gotta, I just really feel end. like I needed that cry, and it was like an ugly cry. It was a Kim K. I was sitting here wiping she, my schnozzer with my dressing gown. Wearing a dressing sleeve. gown. It's really cute. Oh god. I'm like, what do I want in the perfect relationship? Who the fuck wants this? Sitting here like a little flipping weeping Wendy with her bloody blue crying dressing gown on. Anyways, lots of love as always. We love to hear from you. If there's any of these topics that have resonated with you and you want to talk to Fiona and I about anything you know where we are drop us a dm on instagram and our instagram is lovebitespodcast underscore if you prefer to email us you can email us at info at lovebitespodcast.com we love you we appreciate you listening you are fucking amazing all of you and gee you later gee you later